What do Captain America, Elon Musk, and a Pekingese have in common? I have no idea. But stay tuned anyway for a great episode of I'm Not Famous. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. We're going to talk about all things Mandalorian and what we've been binging over this pandemic lockdown and also well what we think the fate of movies are in general with um, movies possibly going right to streaming which really just changes the whole game the whole mindset of movies and i'm here with my good friend adam the man who's named after the same first man on earth (laughs) welcome adam officially yes officially Officially, yeah. You're exactly. the first, the first man, the first name. First um, name, first, first man, yeah. There was um, not to go too much into it, but mitochondrial age he existed at least a hundred thousand years before the you know X chromosome Adam arrived. But anyway, I won't go into it. Oh well, that's true. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, you're the you're the first man. <laughs> yeah, first man. Yeah, and that's my support thing. And actually, you know, <laughs> saying saying man or woman nowadays, what the hell does that really mean? Because as we've just learned, Ellen Page is now a man. So why not? Yeah, let's I was, just. I was quite surprised by that. Actually, I, I wonder how many other people were very surprised about that. Yes. Um, Elliot, Elliot Page. Elliot, yes. yes. So well, I, I did. Yeah, I did read it as someone wrote. Um, somewhere that, that, she, that he missed an opportunity to call himself Alan Page, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, look, I, I hate to get too deep into that because I know we want to talk about movie stuff, but yeah. I will say this because some of the things we're ta- going to talk about are, are social justice weirdos, and that's what I call them now, who've even gone after um, some of the actors and actresses on on Mandalorian. And the thing about social justice weirdos is they eat their own. They really do. And they break all their own rules. You know what I mean? The whole SJW movement. And part of that is, I think there's this movement about... uh, There were a couple actresses recently up for a role, and it was to play a transgender role. But uh, everyone was up in arms to say you should find someone who's transgender to play that role. And again... It has nothing to do with transgender or gay or lesbian or black or white. Just in general, that drives me nuts because actors are actors. That's their profession. That's what they do. You know what I mean? Um, You know what I mean? You can't just say you pick that person if someone's handicapped or in a wheelchair. They may be a shitty actor, you know? So why would you do that? So my thing is, is is now does that mean, since she is now a man, um, I'm just... Again, I'm just confused. Does she get to play anything she wants, or can she only play transgender? Or, you know what I'm saying? Or can she only play a man now? I'm just I'm trying to turn my myself on to them because they're the ones who break their own rules. Sorry, I just I am curious about all that. If there's rules, but yeah, I, I was think I did think it was I guess it was more of a worry really for for him of what that this will do to his career now. Um. Will this limit him to, you know, certain roles, or will he continue to be able to do draws he did before? I do know that Umbrella Academy, they've he will still be able to do 
that role and they, Netflix are going to change all of his previous all of its films he was previously in to his new name um, yeah actually Kristen Stewart wrote something and I've, I haven't read the whole article but basically she was sort of saying that you know there's a I'll have to find the article so I'm not, you know, getting myself, yeah, like, tying myself into a knot here. Yeah, you, you but, don't want to do um, that. You, it, it, you'll it, get cancelled. <laughs> yeah, I'll get cancelled. Yeah, but the gist of it was that you know there'd be a danger of gay, um, gay or lesbian people only playing gay and lesbian roles, and then it doesn't leave enough roles for everyone else. They can only hire gay or lesbian people to be gay or lesbian on screen. Now, you know, before right, like. It wasn't always the way. Like um, exactly. uh, Eric McCormack, right? You know, um, you know, play Will and Will and Grace. He's straight. Yeah. You know, and there wasn't anyone up in arms about him doing that. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Thank you know, you. Like, I, I think it should be. You know, if you're the right person for the role, then you can do it. And I, I don't even remember. Um, Jared Leto, it? Jared Leto uh, did you shit? Remember Jared Leto in um, Dallas, Dallas, Dallas Buyers, Buyers Club? Club? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, he won an Oscar for it. Will there he, you go. Will he get shit now? I'm just, I'm just being honest. I'm trying to turn the tables on them and say, and you, you hit the nail on the head. If you are the best person for the job, you win. Just like anything in life, if you have yeah, the skill, that's right. if you have won by skill and merit, then that's how it works on anybody. Uh, who gets to play an alien? Who gets to play a giant purple alien with, with 20 horns sticking out of his head? Do you know anyone that looks like that or has led that life? No. It's acting. It's playtime. It's fairy tale. And, and that's the profession for someone to be something else. And that's what they do. So, yeah, anyway, I just thought that it was is, interesting. You know, it's, it, it's a whole career where you're meant to be make believe and to, you know, it's a fantasy world you live in. You know, you're you're hired to do the best for that role, for that character. And you know, if you're a straight white man and you're going to play, um, you know, a transgender character, I mean, yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, you know, as you said, Jared Leto did it and won an Oscar for it. So who who knows? Who knows? All I know I did, is. I, I, who knows although it does get on my nerves a bit of this cancel culture business because eventually everyone will just be cancelled out and no one will be able to do anything well, well like I said and, and this is getting a bit deep I know everyone's saying I thought you were going to talk about the Mandalorian well we'll get there <laughs> but the thing is is if you keep going far enough when you cut everyone down to the core we all end up the same thing and that's an individual so you know what I mean we're all ourselves I'm me and you're you. There's only one you. It doesn't matter. All the other shades of yourself, it comes down to the individual. So that's the thing. They, they, they just keep cutting and cutting and slicing. Uh, yeah, it's really just, you know, we'll call her or him whatever she wants because I think that he is an individual and, and that's fine. Just um, don't get mad at me when I don't buy into the narrative and you break all your own rules. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And if that's how he wants to live as well, you know, it's his decision, it's his life. You know, we don't... So, The Mandalorian. 
Yeah. How have you been liking back, it? Back, back to the task at hand. Well, and also, spoilers, obviously. I can't talk about these without spoilers. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, too much, yeah, it's definitely. too much fun to hide the truth. So if you haven't seen it by now, you need to walk away and, and go watch it. Because if you're a Star Wars fan, I'll be honest, this is the only... This is the last shred of hope, I'm sorry, for, for, for true Star Wars fans. And if they bail on this, well, this is it. How, how have you been liking it? Oh, man. I, I've really loved it a lot. It's just, it really has captured the essence of the original trilogy so well. Um, I've really enjoyed it a lot. Um this last episode, I I would actually, you know, and I know we'll get into depth of it, but I would say easily, it, it's easily the best episode of the entire Mandalorian, of like one season one and two, but perhaps one of the best episodes Agreed. of television I've seen this year. I agree. It's so good. Absolutely. Really, really brilliant. And actually, I'll tell you what, what what I think is always a good mark of a good show, right, or a good episode or something, is that it made me want to go and watch the other ones, but also made me want to go and watch more episodes of, like, um, of, um, uh, what's the name, Ahsoka. Because I didn't watch The Clone Wars. I always thought, yeah, it's for some kids' TV show. I never watched it. Yeah, yeah. And after watching this episode, I went, oh, wow, okay, I've really got to go and find more about this character. So I was slowly... Been watching, uh, been watching the episodes of Clone Wars. Yep, no, um, I agree. It had the same effect on me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check it out now. And I've always heard very good things in that. Just because it's animated, you know, they've put, they've put talented and sensible work into it, and and real writing and good story. And so, you know, who cares if it's a good story? I'll watch it. And if it's in the genre I like, I'm there. Yeah, and Dave Filoni is behind both. He's behind the Clone Wars and behind Mandalorian. So it's it's you know you're in good hands with him in this world. Yeah, definitely. Do you think John Favreau and Dave Filoni are are going to be the the dual saviors of the For Mandalorian? Definitely, you know. And if everyone else sort of watching, you know, whoever goes and makes other shows or films from this, you know, the Star Wars franchise, they really should watch what they're doing and see what they've done. Now, before we do... And also, the the episodes also, I I know we'll go into it a bit more, but the episodes are just very well put together. It's just a man on a mission, and each... It's just a story each time, you know, and there's like a slight overarc of what he needs to do but each episode you know it's it's so well written that's it it's whether you want to call it a samurai story or an old western or it's kung fu you know he's walk, mm. walking the earth and getting in adventures and uh, I, I do like that too but i will say up until this episode which i agree was fantastic um uh asaka and dual lightsabers i you had me you had me at dual lightsabers um, she's awesome with yeah. that. And, yeah. uh, but before that, I suppose there are, there are a few bumps in the road. I mean, not every episode can be fantastic, but I did, no. want, I did want to talk about the one where he has to transport the, uh, toad lady and her, her egg offspring, uh, has to, he has to bring her back to the, um, her home world to meet the husband so he can sprinkle his seed and they can continue their line. Look, that's already hilarious right there, but it got some backlash because for the first time, 
and you can't call him Baby Yoda anymore because he's Grogu. Um, he is. Uh, Grogu, I think the thing, everyone obviously fell in love with him. He's not just a sideshow. He's genuinely a lovable little character. But the thing is, he's supposed to be like 50 because obviously those creatures like Yoda, they live to be like 900 years old. So he's he's still in his infancy, but he's he is 50. <laughs> So he should he should know better on a few points about life in general, and he likes to eat stuff. He likes to eat everything, and in that episode, he kept eating her eggs even though he knew that they were literally her children, and that got quite a bit of backlash from the psycho fans. What did you think about those episodes? Did you think it was just funny, or did you think what the hell are you doing, dude? I thought this story was funny. I don't know what these psycho fans are doing. What are they, think, what are they reading too much into They're these They're very sensitive. For? They've got too much time on yeah. their hands, but too sensitive. Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah, far too sensitive. No, I thought it was very funny. Especially when he's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, and one just slides yeah. into his mouth. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. It's I, like he's eating like, um, I don't know, like, um, like a sweet or something. You didn't take it as like a personal attack on your on your your womb or your ovaries or or womanhood. You didn't take it as a personal attack on the toad woman. You just thought it was good comedy. <laughs> so, so did I. Yeah, nah. I just didn't. I didn't read into that at all. But oh. as you said, though, there are a lot of people who read far too much into these things. And um, I'm pretty sure John Favreau and Dave Filoni probably thought the same thing, which is that it'd be really funny if. Grogu just eats these and he's told and Mandalorian being the dad is like no you can't eat them <laughs> and well, that's it and it's funny because he, he's absolutely the father figure which makes it funnier mm-hmm. um but yeah no I just took it as a bit of fun and, and people people are so overly sensitive I think a new pill needs to be invented to, it's uh, like the chill pill for real people just need to chill and just enjoy interesting stories uh you know well played out now that episode also, that was the freaking spider planet, which had basically what looked like face huggers from aliens. Did you expect that? That was actually quite intense and freaking. <laughs> it was like a horror show movie. That's actually one of the things I've enjoyed about um, Mandalorian. Is that well, firstly, it is rated M. I don't know what that in England that would be like a mature a twelve, and then like. Oh, yeah. America be what PG thirteen yeah. be like the equivalent of yeah yeah pre- so it's pre-teen. scary enough yeah preteen so it's scary enough but it's not too scary um but that's actually one of the things I like it's slightly it does go slightly darker in times and um yeah the spider was pretty um, pretty <laughs> scary it reminded me a lot of the spider in Lord of the Rings I was Can't about to say that day. yeah the big the big one was like oh that's yeah. the daddy or the mama I see <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I really, um, really liked it a lot. And uh, now there I was, was a, say, there was a part sorry. where the uh, the rebels show up, uh, since they're like the police of the world now, because it's after the Empire. It's basically taking place after Return of the Jedi. The Empire has fallen for the second time, and and the the rebels are sort of going around and you know trying to restore peace in the the outlying you know Wild West galaxies. And, and the two X-Wing pilots show up. And the thing is, is I think they really punked out on him because they just left him there. <laughs> and his ship, his ship was in complete 
fuck up disarray. And this is what leads me to, if you live in the Star Wars universe, no matter what your, your expertise, you need to be an expert mechanic because you will be repairing your own ship. Don't you think that was odd? He, the ship was wrecked and he had, I don't know, various tools and, and, and he was back in space, all sealed up, airtight. Am I reading too much into it? Should I just enjoy the ride? <laughs> I'm just saying. I did think it was a bit like um, a bit of a um, uh, bit of a dick move, really, on that um, <laughs> rebel fl- fighter. He's like, yeah, well, I've helped you out this much, and then I'm I'm just gonna leave you now. All right, see ya, bye, and then he just flies away. You've done hard. You've done like most of the job already of like destroying, killing the spiders. You may as well just help him out as well. You've, you've gone uh, that whole way of helping him. You I, know, I know. You just <laughs> in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, you have you, to, you, there you must have to. be like in the Star Wars, you like you know where everyone goes to like, university. The main the main thing must be like mechanic, like it's a mechanic university. Everyone learns to be a mechanic, and yeah. then you, and then you become like a, you know, a fighter pilot, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Star, those are the only two things you learn. And you don't really learn anything else. Yeah, yeah. Are you are you thinking of being like a, a trucker in space? You'll need to take starship repair. Yeah, one hundred percent. Oh, uh, yeah, bounty hunter. You'll need starship repair. Or are you a cook? Yeah. Oh, you're a cook. Are you a cook on a ship? Oh, you'll need starship repair. One hundred percent. You will be left. On a planet, yeah. and you'll have to fix your ship, you know? Yeah, yeah, oh, that's well. it. No one's seen... There's also, a lot of these planets have a lot of, um, like, seas. I've never seen a boat. <laughs> <laughs> when, when was the last time you saw a sailor? Well, he on, was... Uh, on the, <laughs> you know, it never happens. He, he was on a boat, <laughs> and the one we'll talk about with, um, with um, Bo-Katan... Oh yes, uh, so, he did. Yes, very yeah, so good. We yes, did I see. We that. finally saw a boat. You're right, but yeah. Yeah. Now before that, he he teamed back up with two of my favorites, Carl Weathers and uh, Gina Carana. Um, mm. They are great characters. She is awesome, and even the social justice weirdos have been giving her shit because, you know, a lot of these actors and actresses they're involved in the politics and the elections are going on at that time. And they freaking ripped into her. And it just makes me sick that they can't separate a personal life from from an actor's or actress's portrayal of a character. You know what I mean? People now cannot separate the two. And it's going to make it just harder and harder for anybody to escape at the movies. But they're giving her shit. And I think she's a great character. Do you like her? Is she believable? You know? Yeah, I, I like her a lot. I, I think she's very good. Um, what's the other thing she was in? Um, Deadpool. She's uh, the ex- Deadpool. And she, Thank you. So yeah. she, you know the thing about her. She's an ex UFC fighter, and and again, this is I don't want to get too deep, but you know, like in all the Marvel movies and stuff, you know, I know that women can kick ass. Of course they can. Uh, Wonder Woman can kick ass because she's uh, a little bit different. She's got powers and stuff. Someone like Scarlett Johansson, you know. Look, I know she's she's well trained. You know, Black Widow. Uh, she could kick my ass 100%. But sometimes, I mean, I just wish people would sometimes live on, on planet Earth, even in a fantasy world. They'll put her up against some guy who's just, you know, 300 pounds of muscle, and she kicks his ass. Sometimes you, you have to stop and go, all right, you're pushing it. You know what I mean? There's no way Scarlett Johansson, 90 pounds wet, is going to 
beat the shit out of this guy. Like, like all he has to do is sit on her. You know what I mean? You don't even yeah. need karate moves. He yeah. could just sit on her and just and not move, and she would soon die. But anyway, with Gina Gina Carano, I believe it because you know she has the build. You know, she's still very she's yeah. still very feminine and awesome and a woman. But obviously, she could kick your ass. <laughs> Do you do you get that? Oh with yeah! Her? Oh yeah! Definitely! Yeah, definitely. She um, yeah, I think you described her pretty well, actually. The fact that um, yeah, you can tell she could you know definitely take on anyone in a fight, but then she also does have this sort of um, kindness about her that is very um, it's a very nice balance. I think like she would be like a you can just tell that type of character probably even her in general she'd be a very good leader um, yeah yeah so that's cool that's that's good casting and I think she's growing into the part and like you know getting into it because you know this is still new to her this hasn't always been her life acting but I think she's doing alright have you watched um, the I think it's called The Gallery or something like that um, the behind the scenes stuff yeah behind the scenes stuff yeah she's yeah, talking great. about having the role there and you know and the fact that you know she you know, she's very new to all of this and it's kind of like a second role probably like pretty much and yeah she she sounds like a very nice person actually when yeah so I yeah, I yeah, I think she's done really good. I, I, she's actually one of my her and uh, Cole Evers are like one of the characters. I kind of think, oh, like, great, they're coming up, or you know, I kind of want to see more of them, and you know, and that's always a very good trait as well to have um, characters like that. When you have a see them, and you're like, oh, I wish they were in like this episode or that episode. When they're going to come back again? That's you know, that's the sort of thing you want, really. That's it, and that's that's the old Star Wars feeling. Like I say, it's a it's a buddy movie, you know. Even from the first Star Wars, from the beginning to the end of the movie, they all just met at the beginning, but by the end, I genuinely believe that they were all buddies. And then through the other two movies, you were so excited to see them back together. So yeah, when, when Carl Weathers pops up, he cracks me up, because he's like, he's like the baby uh, Grogu's grandpa, the way he talks to him. Get him some food! He's just, he's, he's perfect too. Great cast. And again, he's the same thing. You know, you could definitely tell he would be a leader. And, you know, he could definitely tell he could, you know, take anyone in a fight. Um, you know, he's done, yeah, very, very good casting. Another person I thought was also very good casting was um, uh, Timothy Oliphant in um, oh, the first yeah. episode. Absolutely. He did a really good sort of balance of where you think, oh, he's sort of the bad guy. And then the more he sort of, talks and explains what's happening in the town he, he sort of becomes like the good guy and he kind of very good like very clever how he balanced that character and then you know lays from other things happen but really yeah actually all of these you know like I guess the sort of like you know cameo characters or like they're like a special like a special character that comes into each episode no, but it's all been very it. good so far. Yeah, no, it's all it, been it really has. good. No, it's a great approach in that, you know, they can come and go, and if they ever come back, you know, it'll be a great surprise. But with Tim- Timothy Oliphant, oh, it was like it was like Justified came back to life, but uh, he was wearing Boba Fett's armor. So that, that made yeah. every Star Wars fan cream and cream in their pants. 
Like he, he's wearing Boba Fett's armor, but that is not Boba Fett. Where are we going with this? Yeah. So that yeah. was awesome. And again, if no one's seen it, tough shit. Spoiler, but yeah, Boba, yeah. Boba Fett pops up at the end, and that's fantastic. Um, yeah, that was so good. I really loved that a lot. So now it's so well, it's so well done. Like it, it, I don't know how long it takes them to write the episodes or to like map out the whole season. Must take them forever, and they think, "Oh, yeah, we'll do this bit here and that bit there." And anyway, well, not not to have a dig at the Star Wars um, sequels, but at least someone is sitting down and thinking about it and thinking ahead. But I, I know we've talked about this before, well, we've but talked about that a lot. But yeah, we have. the movies yeah. did not do that, and that's so sad because nah. that is these these would cost a freaking fraction of the price. Again, it's not about money. But the fact that something that big, they didn't just take a minute to sit down and think ahead. Anyway, yes, they're doing it for Mandalorian. I'm happy. Um, I was going to say Mando. That that sounds like a racial slur. (laughs) I feel like every time they call Mando, no, it's just when they go, hey, Mando. Like, I'm surprised he doesn't get mad and go. Yeah, yeah, I guess it uh, would be in that world. I'm surprised Pedro Pascal's like, do you want to call me that? Because you don't know me. <laughs> Why don't you just call me Mandalorian? <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah, exactly. Mando. And everyone says it. Wherever it goes. It's sounding yeah. a bit wrong. Hey, Mando. Hey, that sounds a little <laughs> racy. <laughs> um, but now the next episode we led into. Now, this one was an absolute surprise. I had zero idea about this one. Um, and the character was Bo-Katan. And that is another, another character from the Clone Wars and played by uh, uh, Katie Sackhoff. Now, are you okay with sci-fi crossover? Because she's pretty Battlestar Galactica. Did you like her in that role? Playing the book Yeah, I actually I've, I really have tried in, in this entire year. I'm not going to lie to you. I've tried at least... I think five times to watch the opening episode of Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> and I just, I just fall asleep instantly. <laughs> Doesn't matter when, what time we're watching either. <laughs> Every time. We need, I we need I, to get. I know I love this episode. I know I really love this show a lot. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna power my way through, and I just <laughs> sleep straight away. Like, oh no, no they have it again. I think I think you need to be analyzed. This may be a problem. We have to put Adam to sleep. I'll just put Battlestar on. He'll, he'll yeah, just, like a baby. He'll sleep like a yeah, baby. Instant. Yeah, absolutely instant. I had the same problem with them to go away. But it took me at least four times to get through the pilot episode of the OA as well. Oh, it's that, like that, ten, that, ten minutes that. in, and I like fall asleep straight away. I yeah, like half an hour in, like <laughs> fall asleep. Maybe no, there's I, a... I, would, I would even like you know go to sleep, wake up, and then think, all right, I'm fresh now. I'm in the morning. <laughs> I can do it. And straight away. Maybe there's a maybe there's a specific frequency in the sound that's triggering something in your alpha waves and beta waves. <laughs> And it's just knocking you out. All right. Well, okay. We'll leave Battlestar out. I, 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 but she was all, was she in another sci-fi um, franchise as well? Is it just Battlestar Galactica? Oh, she was. I've in, seen her in other things. I know. Yeah, she was in one of our favorites. Well, Danny's watching it now. Called Longmire. Um, not sci-fi, but. Um, ah. Um, so so, I mean, so you know of her. 
So how did you like her as the as the character of Bo-Katan? Yeah, I, I've yeah, um, I didn't was Bo-Katan in anything else? She was in I can't remember. The, cl- you, can, the Clone Wars is all. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so I haven't yeah. really gone up to that point yet of her of her being in the Clone Wars. Well, look, um, that's right. I actually really again though, I really like that episode because it kind of goes another bit of a layer, or at least open up the um, open things up a little bit about um, his backstory, about who he is. And I thought that was really good. Like we got we got to learn a little bit more about um, his kind of like uh, like what it was to be Mandalorian. Like he's a part of a cult, mm. and you know, like these things we didn't really know before that we learned, you know, watching that. I suppose yeah, very good. No, it was it was great, and now. That one caused another controversy and all the very sensitive SJWs in that they weren't happy because uh, her Mandalorian armor had shapely boobs. So it was a it was a boob gate. Did you hear about that or even realize that? Did it even affect you or did it some it seem natural as it did to most normal people in that she is a woman and much like actual armor from actual battles on earth armor was shaped to a body to fit and if you have breasts well lo and behold they might actually need some room and even women were saying of course it would they said my breast would be mashed if it were a man's breastplate so seriously in logistically and logically uh even with police armor and stuff it is totally normal to have some extra room there but let me tell you the boob armor sent the sjw's into a panic did you even notice that Nope. <laughs> I had no idea. I mean, this is the thing, really. You know, you've got to... And this is, you know, this is social media's problem, is that, you know, everyone jumps on these, you know, on the bandwagon and says, oh, yeah, I didn't like her armour and, you know, I thought, you know, whatever, whatever they were saying, so I don't know what they were saying. That, but, it had, that had boobs and they're like, oh, this is just, you know, this is just... Well, uh, this is well, they'll see, there isn't going to be like um, you know just a flat plate there. No, you know, it's going to be shaped to her, just like um, you know Batman's cowl. You know, it's shaped to whoever, whatever actor is going to play that character, going to play Batman. You know, it's the same thing. I'm sure Queen, um, Queen Elizabeth. I'm sure had armor shaped to her. I'm sure they thought it was regal and royal. They didn't say, "Oh, this was, this was." Yeah. You know, well, trashing when, feminism. When Joan of Arc led the French army, you know, she would have had the same same thing when she was wearing the armor. There exactly you go. the same. Not not, not exploitation, just practicality. So yes, yeah, some people really need yeah. to chill because I can't believe that that's all they took from that episode. Like the people that focus on that, I think you have the problem. You're focusing on the wrong thing and, and obsessing over. <laughs> can't you just look at it as a whole? And is it not okay to be a woman? I'm confused. <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, and what, what did they pick on her? I mean, there was another woman, wasn't there, in that group? Oh, yeah, it was, it was all the, so boob, did, it was all the oh, boob armor. Goodness. Yeah, it was all the boob armor in well, general. <laughs> you know, if that's the size of their you know, bust, then what else are they going to do? That's right. They can't, they're not going to make them smaller, are they? No, they're not. God damn you it. Know. <laughs> 
So, yeah. you know. So that, that yeah, I think people are, people have, to have their expectations, you know, more realised and you know, like if we're just living on our, you know, if we, you know, someone's sitting in their room watching it and going, "Oh, I'm outraged by this," and they just put it on social media, then I don't know. No, it's ridiculous. Other, other, other than that, though, I actually the episode was it was a really good episode, and I really liked the characters a lot. The the other um, Mandalorians. And also, it was interesting as well, that one about saying, like, you know, he's part of a cult because he keeps the mask, he keeps the helmet on. That's right. Much, But, but they aren't. They, they're like the true Mandalorians, and he isn't. Yes. You know? Much to the dismay of Pedro Pascal, but that's another story. Supposedly, the rumor yeah. was he was annoyed that that the um, the mask is, was, was always on, and they were trying to get uh, Favreau and Filoni to write more episodes where he could take his mask off. I don't know how true that is, but, you know. Actors are prima donna sometimes, so it's possible that he's going, look, I'll just phone in the voice if this is the case, you know. Yeah. I'm not going to take the mask off. But, it um, could just be like a couple of like scenes of him just taking the mask off and just spraying like an air freshener in there or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you could just do that or just see it. Just the scene of him just watching cleaning the inside of it out. <laughs> that's true he's got to clean it he's got to sleep he's got to pick his nose yeah. he's got to do human yeah. things if he doesn't yeah, brush he does. his teeth I mean my god there's no space dentist there's no dentist in um, Star Wars because they'd say you got to brush your teeth and you got to take that helmet off um, there is there is there's not, not yet been one of those standard scenes in every single film or TV show where the character is just brushing their teeth and then they put, spit it out and then they just look at the at the cells in the mirror like they're it's like they can't live anymore or they've you know <laughs> they're in so much despair every everything you'll see in every single thing oh they're, when they're, 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 they'll, they're, they'll do it oh, I see yeah know. so the brushing the teeth is the, at, at your worst moment is when you're looking at the worst mirror, moment yeah exactly. looking at yourself and pondering your place in the world and whether you want to live it. Why does that yeah, always he, coincide with teeth? I don't know. I don't know. Or he, or he, cups, he cups his hand with some water and throws the water in his face. They do that as well, and it just looks like total despair. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, well, that, that episode was great, but that leads to <clears throat> the episode with uh, Osaka, and um, she is awesome, and that was played by Rosario Dawson. I also think the SJWs gave her shit about something, but I don't even know or care. I just, it's getting old now. You know what I mean? They gave her shit too. And that's the thing. They turn on their own. They keep preaching about there's not enough strong women. Well, you know what? In this series, all of them, I'm 100% sold. I'm not sold on Captain Marvel because she's a cow. That's another story. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The, the actress herself is just a, a total cow. But... Rosario Dawson is awesome, and she is a strong, yeah. a strong character and a strong woman. Yeah. She kicked ass. Mm. I've got nothing else to say, but that episode was awesome. Oh yeah, absolutely brilliant! And she was fan casted. If you read an interview, she said that they were she was actually fan casted when there was rumors about Ahsoka being in The Mandalorian. A lot of people were, you know, tagging Rosario Dawson on Instagram or wherever, saying. You know, we want you to be the a soccer and and probably Dawson was like, Yeah, that'd be great, sure. You know, I'd love to do it and then That's fantastic. That's it, it, it kinda of, it kind of just it you know, it eventually moved and 
the right people read the right thing and saw it and went, oh, yeah. And then Dave Filoni read it and went, oh, yeah, she would actually be really good. And then when it came to preparing the new season, uh, he spoke to John Favreau about it and they went, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I know her. And then it went from there. And then they had the meeting and everything. And it's really, it's actually a really like humble sort of, she's a really humble person actually, Rosario Dawson. She's still like, um, yeah, she's a big star, but you know, I think you read some of the interviews with her or, and you think, oh yeah, she's just an ordinary person who, you know, just has gone the right breaks or has gone in the right, you know, been the right place at the right time. But yeah, she's got a lot of like, you know, she really loves the character a lot. And I definitely think you can tell that in the episode as well. She really, it was a really great performance by her. Um, and again, they did a really cool thing as well in that one where there was the balance where you thought, oh, okay, maybe, maybe he's, he's on this side and yeah, she's maybe the the bad character or the good character and it was really well, well played. Um, yeah, definitely. And look, you know, he was, he's, he's supposed to be looking for someone to train Grogu and he's looking for a Jedi and he finds her, and I must say, it was fantastic to actually to see that for the first time in that way. In uh, to see the uh, the lightsaber fight against a uh, Mandalorian wearing the Baskar steel, which is awesome because that is part of that whole uh, cult. In that their whole uniform is specifically designed to battle Jedi, so all the the flamethrower and the and the um, grappling hook and all those things, they're all specifically designed to battle against Jedi. And to see that is actually quite awesome. So I was quite loving that part where the lightsaber, which we know cuts through anything, smashes against his arm and it stopped. And that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Some amazing fight sequences as well in this episode. Absolutely amazing. Um, and one of the things I liked as well it was just a small thing but when um, when Grogu and Ahsoka were sort of sitting next to each other and they were obviously talking with their minds it was silent because it's exactly what you if you, we were watching them that's exactly what we would see but in Star Wars before it's always we've always heard the the talking to each other um, so I kind of you know one of those small things but I, I liked that as well but, um, yeah, it was very good. I mean, and also, you know, like, she was working, again, with that sort of mind-reading stuff, you know, she was, she was just working with a puppet, but, yeah, she absolutely, you know, brought him, his character, his backstory to life in a really good way. Um, yeah, great. I mean, I thought, you know, absolutely fantastic and great world-building once again, uh, to go to a different world and it was like a post-apocalyptic world that she was in or they were in and again it's just another cool world that you know and one of the great things about Star Wars is that you can go to a new planet and to got a completely different uh, society ecosystem you know there's a completely different order of things um, yeah no I absolutely yeah, one, one, yeah, absolutely fantastic. No, it was great, and also I like how she actually turned down um, the option to train Grogu. And now the thing is, so her backstory is 
she was the Padawan learner of Anakin Skywalker. So um, that's an important sort of thing. So, you know, Anakin Skywalker trained her. Uh, so yeah. she knows exactly how it can all go wrong. And, you know, and she did allude to that, didn't she? She and, did. And, and, yeah. So she doesn't want to train him because she knows that, you know, being the species that he is and very powerful, it's very possible that either either the best trainer would have to train him or just leave it altogether, just miss out. And she's she's thinking on he shouldn't be trained. I think that's an interesting story turn. Yeah, definitely. She's seen the dangers, as he was saying. And it's probably better if he never knows than he does know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'll be cool to see what happens in the next episode. So, which will be tomorrow. That's tomorrow right. for us. Tomorrow evening for us here in Australia. Um, yeah, yeah so I, I, I can't wait to see where it goes next, really. And, you know, there'll be more recurring characters towards the end of this season through this season like they did in uh, the last in season one yeah definitely I was going to say also special mention to Michael Bean and he didn't get an actual name I just think he was called the mercenary but did you Mm -hmm. recognize Michael Bean in that episode yeah Yeah. he's got such a recognizable face he's yeah it was good to see him in something new I have to say Um, yeah great yeah really great and again look at that was sort of you know like a badly character and yeah, it was very good very very well yeah yeah no I'm, I'm excited to see what's uh, going to come from, from that show and I also like that they are releasing it uh, uh, one at a time rather than all at once because I, I, I think that also saves us from ourselves I mean I don't mind binge watching something but I also like the anticipation of having to wait like a normal TV show that's just me do you like that they release them in episodes yeah, I do, and that, for the same reason you just said, really, if it was um, if they brought all at once, I would work, I would just watch them all in one day, and then I wouldn't watch them again. <laughs> so, I think in this instance, I kind of like it. And I kind of like the fact that it's it's got a bit of a build up, um, and you got a week between each one, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I pretty, kind of like it like this. Also, like the uh, the one thing that's absolutely like you know struck me has been the budget for this thing. It must have cost them like you know two hundred million or whatever. So each episode is like a film. Oh no, absolutely, and uh, I love how um, they're actually shooting it with the virtual set because I think that's a bit of a throwback to the old Hollywood or even the James Cameron days who would use rear projection rather than green screen because my honest feeling is so you know the 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 set is a, and especially technology is now caught up so that the whole set is a giant you know high res led sort of background and it's curved and you know high like a wall and they can project any universe onto it any background mountains and snow and sunshine and trees and it gives the actor something to look at and respond to and you know what when you're done filming except for some touch-ups around the top and some sky, you're done. You know what I mean? You don't have all that time mm-hmm. in post and green screen and matching and trying to, to smooth out the edges and make it look real. I think that also lets them streamline them a bit. It's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. 
Now, speaking of movies and TV in general, uh, yeah, what's what's the fate of movies lately? Because it's, it's getting strange out there. Obviously, COVID didn't help and, and theaters closing down. But, you know, we were talking about how movies, how movie companies, uh, uh, production companies and studios, they still fund it in the old-fashioned way, which is they have to go get investors. And, and then the product has to start making money. And the investors need to start seeing a return. And we've got Wonder Woman 1984 and No Time to Die. Uh, these movies have been pushed back so far that I'm pretty sure the studios, some of them are going to end up losing their ass if they don't release them. So I think they're considering sending Wonder Woman straight to streaming to HBO Max, which we don't have here yet. What do you think about that? that that's, a, that's a big movie to say, let's call it quits and, and push it to streaming. That changes the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, um, I mean, uh, for Wonder Woman, I think I think over here in Australia, I'm, I'm sure they will still put it out in the cinemas because, you know, in Melbourne, for example, we've you know we've gone now for over a month without a, a COVID case or a death. True. So I, I think it's safe to. Put out cinema birthday. Designed to put on HBO Max in the US. Then, I mean, I don't. I mean, they would be losing money. That would that would entirely if that is the new sort of you know model for films. Then, I wonder if that will be sort of the end of a blockbuster because they can't they can't make that much money. They can't make as much money from streaming as they do from releasing a film in the cinemas. No, when, you no. know, like I mean, that's and that's exactly right. How uh, and if it's about views, if it's about advertising, maybe because the actual payment part. I mean, some people have accounts and they're sharing them around, or the whole family is watching. It totally <laughs> loses the value of buying a ticket to watch a movie. That's gone. That that paradigm's gone. That whole structure. They'll have to rethink. Yeah, a blockbuster. What's that mean now? Um, you know, a hundred million people watched because it won't be a hundred million dollars. <laughs> you know, how do you count success now by views, right? That's it. It's all by, by views, isn't it? Um, I mean, I know I, I read ages ago that Disney was going to focus more on their streaming um, service than you know, releasing big budget films. So. You know, that's also, you know, if Disney's going to do that, you know, they're, they're the market leader pretty much. So I guess everyone else would follow the lead. Um, yeah, it may, it may it's be It's just the interesting, really. Very interesting. Well, I like, I, I miss seeing movies in a group. It's just, again, maybe that will that will die out in the next generation. But I guess the feeling of going out with your friends and then also to see it with a bunch of other strangers who you don't know, but you're all having the same emotional reaction at the same time that's always been fascinating to me laughing crying or different reactions in the same room watching the same thing I'll, I'll miss that i must say that's the fascinating part of going to the movies don't you think absolutely we've all got like collective thought in our mind or you know something that's suggestive or something that's uh, you know a character says this in a certain way or a character does this or that's something you're suggesting in a certain way and it's yeah and we can all collectively you know, like someone walks into a lamppost, we can all collectively laugh at that. You know, for example. Um, you know, and then other times, yeah, it's just it's just incredible, really. 
Yeah, it's it's the it's, it's, it's so the, interesting. It's the social experiment that we don't even realize we're in when we go to the movies, and that's the part that I think yeah. would be sad. And I hope streaming emulates that somehow with maybe there'll be watch parties or group parties and you'll be able to see each other and hear each other. I mean, it's still not the same, but as long as they have it as a group experience, because it's it's now we all watch it alone and then we catch up and talk about it. It's more fun to watch it together and then catch no, up about it and then, and then go watch it again. But who knows? Maybe they'll bounce no, back. Oh, definitely. I, I much preferred. I've always preferred that, really. Although I've... Um yeah, um, well, actually, I did do that um, a, a few days ago. Um, went went with a group of people to watch um, Possessor, and it was good. Just uh, it was just good just to see everyone again. You know, and we're all you know. Even though I'm uh, I'm probably the quietest one in the group, I still <laughs> like to go and like be with the group and yeah, sort of get hear everyone's thoughts about what they thought about the film. Um, I've always loved that. I've always really liked the fact that everyone, that, you know, like five people could go watch the one film and you can walk out and you have five different opinions. And, that's, and I've always liked that about art. And that is art, you know. Everyone can look at the Mona Lisa and everyone can have a, you know, a different opinion of what most of the Mona Lisa. And it's the same thing with, like, anything. You go and look at the Sistine Chapel, you know, and look up at the ceiling and you know and everyone can have a different interpretation of it you know it's that's it and that's that's what makes me sad about the whole social justice movement and that you're no longer allowed to have an opinion based on how you feel and then discuss that with someone else and still walk away friends that's the entire point of yeah life and art but um speaking of art i will leave you with this something i've been binging i've been binging the crown i I, no way I, I can't I can't attest to uh, the specifics of uh, how accurate it is, but it's quite am- it's quite ambitious and colourful, and uh, I'm absolutely loving it. And John Lithgow as Winston Churchill. Oh yeah, undeniably yeah. interesting choice. But I'm sold. Yes, I'm I'm totally sold and intrigued in this fascinating family. And what a great show! What great writing, acting. Yeah, I could not believe it. I'm totally into it. <laughs> wow, that really is a proper surprise. <laughs> that, is, that, that really is. I just never thought you would be interested in that at all. Um, I have to admit, I mean, I watched the first two seasons and I thought, oh, yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, and in the third season, I've, I've only watched that like, one episode. I just sort of gave up on it, really. Um <laughs> I'll try to stick with it and tell you how it's going. <laughs> yeah, and please do, yeah, because I know um, Gillian Anderson plays Margaret Thatcher, and I think that would be very interesting to see her, or oh, her portrayal of her. It's all interesting and juicy, believe me. All right. I bet, yeah, I bet, so, because for myself, right, you know, like, growing up in England, the, the royal family, you know, they're just, they're just there. You know, you just you just hear about them every single day and, you know, you just, you know, just so much, you know, they just exist, you know, they just, you know, I, I don't know what it would be like in America or, or even here, but in England, you know, they're just that one constant throughout your life that there will always be a royal family. So for me, it's like, oh yeah, pff, yeah, I guess it's sort of, sort of interesting, but not, 
Not thrilling. <laughs> well, but, um, we're all sucked I, into But it. I did say that. Uh, the first two seasons I watched, and I found them very interesting. <clears throat> I found them very interesting because um, actually that part of her life, I actually didn't know a single thing about. Um, you know, and I I just thought as well, like Claire Foy is so good in that the those two seasons. She really sort of captured this kind of, you know, this... Um, young woman who had to take on the biggest job in the world yeah, and you know wasn't prepped for it wasn't meant to do it you know she was really going to be just, you know another royal like um, I don't know like a Zara Phillips or someone you know just another royal or um, Beatrice or you know I can't remember the other girl's name but this one I sort of you know out of fringe Roles and then you know, circumstance things have changed, and you know, her dad suddenly became king, and then suddenly mm-hmm. she's queen, you know. And it's just, no, that's I it. think it's... she's done, a, you know, a, you know, for a job, I, you know, I would absolutely hate to be a royal, I think that would be the absolute worst job in the world, but I think she's done a very, very good job of, you know, keeping the, the ship steady, absolutely. Um, and I think, look, I think the show is portraying that quite well, and and I'm sure those are some things that they don't want everyone to know, but I think the parts of it that are are real about them, they're fantastic. They really do take so much shit and have battled through it. And, yeah, it's lovely to see that, and it's portrayed really well. So What's also really good as well is Matt Smith in the first two seasons, where he plays in Philip, where oh, he's yes. kind of... Um, He's kind of a wanker. <laughs> he is, but and he's more of a dominant force. The dominant force is his wife, and like this sort of guy with his ego. Mm. You know, he can't quite. Yeah. You know, he can't quite handle it. That you know, he isn't the dominant one. I just thought that was really clever how, you know, how that was portrayed as well. <clears throat> no, that's why I'm stuck right into it. Like I say, I'll I'll tell you how the rest goes, but that's what the yeah. First, and if you first, think they're yeah, worth me great. watching. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll always go by your opinion. So if you think if you think I need to stick with them, okay. seasons three and four, then I I will I will I will right. you know, pick them up again. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll I'll report back to you, and I'll uh, I'll leave you with that, good sir. And I hope we talk again soon. And I thank you for having a chat. Yeah. Well, actually, I, before we go, yeah, um, I'll mention one that I've watched. Oh yes. I've I binged. And then I'll, I'll let you go, I yeah, promise. Yeah. But that's right. Something that's a surprise, I think everyone would be a bit surprised, I watched and absolutely loved was um, The Queen's Gambit. Oh, okay. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. One of the best shows of the year. And it's, <laughs> again, it's not my sort of thing. It's a, it's a, like a young adult novel, really. It's about this girl who is a child chess genius and oh, yes. takes the chess that's world right. by storm in like the 1960s. Yeah. And it's um, really, really good. Really, really good. I binged the whole thing in like two days, so or three days. So yeah, that was uh, that would be my sort of you know, unexpected. You know, wouldn't expect you to watch it, but I really w- watched it and I really enjoyed it. So all right, I will add that one to my list, and we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll let everyone know the the queen, yep. the Queen's Gambit and the Crown. Not the same thing, but two good shows. <laughs> Yep, that's it. Yep. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you later. Thanks for All right, talking. Mate. All right.
Talk yeah, later. thank you. Bye. Thank you. All right, see ya. Okay. Bye. All right, everyone, I thank you, and that was the show, and we'll be back for more great stuff next time. Could be any subject, who knows? Maybe music, maybe movies, maybe talking more about the crazy world of media right now. But we'll be back, and thanks for listening. See ya.